So, Amelia, if you could just start by telling us a bit about your company and your role within it. So, I'm the CEO and founder of the jewellery brand Bijou Mimi. I founded Bijou on the 30th of June 2020, so just after the first UK lockdown, and I did all the planning during the lockdown. Um, it specialises in colourful huggy hoops, cuffs and chains. Yeah, so if you could just uh, tell us a bit about what you think makes your company stand out amongst your competitors. Okay, so the main thing that makes Fiji stand out is definitely the price point and also the fact that no one else does colourful jewellery in that sense. Um, one of the main things about it is the price point. It's affordable to everyone. Um, the maximum you're going to pay for a pair of earrings is £23. So... They're the perfect gift. So many people now have so many piercings and they need to fill it and they get bored of using the same ones. So mm-hmm. lots of people like bulk buy earrings and then swap them around all the time. So it that's in a sense is different to other jewellery because when you're spending £60 on a pair of earrings, you keep them in the whole time and then they fade. And whereas people change their bijoux around a lot. As someone said to me the other day that they can't think of the colour pink anymore without thinking about bijoux. Yeah. And I was like, yeah brilliant um and so it's all about the branding whereas like lots of jewelry brands have really minimalistic branding like where it's like white and black and it's really pretty but at the same time like i really wanted Bijou to stand out so the the point of it is it's colorful how important is knowing what you're good at and delegating responsibility within the company especially when the brand is your own creation so I'm slightly still navigating this one because it is difficult when something's the size of Bijou, as in like it's not small enough that you're just like hiring interns and it's not big enough to hire the best. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's not really the budget of like hiring someone that's specifically brilliant at that job, whereas like everyone does a bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do find that as soon as I don't like doing something, like I hand it over to someone else. So you you were talking about bringing people into the team and and how everyone just does a bit of everything. What is it you look for in a person to bring into your company? So someone asked me this the other day for our YouTube video. But if I'm bringing someone straight out of uni or straight out of school, basically everyone that works for me is young and that's really important because the brand is so young that it's like they have to suit the vibe. And every time we've used like a freelancer that's not other than our graphic designer who's amazing but every time we've used like a different freelancer to that that's not basically a young female it, they just don't understand the vibe um so it's really important first of all that I do hire people that are young so I have like no problem with them being straight out of school or uni it's actually more preferable that they are straight out of school than uni mm-hmm. um but because like I don't know I, I love teaching people stuff from the start. But the main thing I look for is initiative. Fresh ideas, that's a big one. Because I've like now used, and well, obviously I have ideas all the time, but I've used all the good ones. Like now coming up with new stuff because I'm so used to Bijou and I'm not looking at it from a sort of like fresh perspective or a fresh pair of eyes. Getting new ideas is really important as well. So for someone to come in and be like, yeah, like this is my idea, this is my thoughts. And I've made mistakes by hiring people in my comfort zone before. And then they just don't have, like their brain thinks like mine anyway. So then it's like, well, that was pointless. And then the last one is familiar with the brand. That's so important that they've found that, like if they send me like a bog standard CV through like one of the application um, platforms that we use, I just, like, I don't even look at it. 
um because like they have to be like a, like following the brand and if i stalk mm-hmm. them on instagram and they, it doesn't say follow back then it's a no for me <laughs> um so they need to be like familiar with Bijou. so you're quite a creative person naturally that was something you've always been good at and when was it you thought oh i want to be an entrepreneur i want to turn this passion of being creative into being an entrepreneur i honestly had no goal of being working for myself ever and then it was i mean obviously i i sort of was always obsessed with being the best at the creatives in school and things like that but i never thought oh i'm going to work for myself i always thought i'm going to take something over one day like i always wanted to be a boss but like at the same time i always wanted to like take over like a big fashion house or something like that that was the goal or a magazine in lockdown i had nothing to do and i hate having nothing to do like that's like my worst thing is like waking up and being like what do i do today i don't have anything on my to do list um and i was in paris and i came across this wholesaler and i bought loads of jewelry and i sold it on depop and then so sort of naturally when that happened i was like well i'll just do it in that then because they clearly sold well um and i could never find anything colorful and like i love color so you've been in the industry for roughly two years and that's a lot of things can happen at that time. A lot of highs, a lot of lows. And being someone who's never done something anything like that before, what have been some of those highs and lows? The whole first year was a high. Like it was incredible. And it was so cool because it was just like up and up and up and, and like, that was pretty rare. When you look at the um like months on Shopify, like on the stats, it it's just the graph literally just goes like that. Um and so the whole thing was just incredible and it was just like every time I did something new it would go well and it was like an absolute dream and I thought that was just how it was always going to be like I thought like right great that's my life now brilliant (laughs) signed up and that was not the case um the best highs though have been like whenever there's a really viral TikTok that's really fun um any sale day like where it's been really good is really great and then like week or month where it's like it was better than the last that's always that's always a high lows the worst low is like the cash flow and it's like if you have a really bad month and then you still have like all of your things to pay for that's fucking annoying um and over the last year i was basically this is a very honest way of putting it but i was in a very rare position after last december in which I had so much cash in the bank because of how amazing Christmas had been and Black Friday and things like that. And I was like, where do I take it next? Because like, this is like the high of my life right Mm now. And they, uh, and sort of I went and spoke to different people that had started businesses that were like ahead of me. And everyone was like, put the money into PR or put the money into marketing and do things like that. So I did and I signed up with lots of agencies, but I sort of didn't expect suddenly like, I didn't know that come January, like, no one spends any money. Like, uh, it was my first year to know that. How was I supposed to know that? And then the same thing happens again in February. And then it's like it picks up again a bit later on. But, like, in those two months, I then signed up for all the agencies and then sort of, like, put all the money into those. And then been like, oh, fuck. Like, that's that then. Yeah. And it takes a long time to get returns from those, Mm -hmm. if any. Sure. Like obviously you do get return, like you get great press and things like that, but that press doesn't get you sales. Um, so I was really stupid with that, and I think obviously I'd love to redo that again, um, but I wouldn't use any agencies again. Tax. 
because you forget about that. I, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. No one no one was there telling me, like my little 18 year old self, oh, like, like careful because you're about to have to pay loads of tax on that. That happened. Um, oh, and then with the brand having sort of a social media presence, it's so easy to upset people. Like people are so hypersensitive these days or the on social media and you get such a backlash from that like you can do anything wrong and like how do you do something wrong with jewelry that you can okay. so on the topic of social media you talked about the highs and how posting viral tiktok you know that's a great feeling how important for a brand or just any company do you think social media presence is if you were to give advice for anyone wanting to be an entrepreneur in the future i think social media is like is literally the only thing you need to worry about right now as in, like, right, as in, if you're starting a company, because it's the latest thing, but it's also, it's not even like, it's not even new anymore. Um, and it's just like the only way of getting any form of organic growth nowadays. In terms of how I would recommend like starting social media accounts, like persistence is key because right now there's there's an algorithm on every app that you just have to keep on top of and the app changes its algorithm 24-7. So as soon as you think you've like mastered something, I promise you it will change the next day. Um, so you just have to like constantly try new things. Like if you're making TikToks, like if you're making TikToks, keep on top of the trends and just try out different things on TikTok because like it's a weird app like you can do whatever you want on it like we put on loads of outfits the other day and just like took a video of us dancing around the room and it, it did well um but yeah TikTok's a really weird app so you know persistence is key try everything and, and some of it will go viral so we've talked a lot about the company and how it's been running it and actually being an entrepreneur but I want to go back to before you were doing any of this and yeah, you sort of said you you fell into entrepreneurship, um, but w- what were the, the things you were doing before that you know, be, you know, be it at college or what, you went to fashion college, no? Yeah, I went to St Martin's. Yeah, but only for a year. Okay, sure. And, and while you were there, what were you trying to do to sort of find out your career? Um, well, I was always obsessed with like being the best. Georges and Howard were so accommodate so accommodating on letting me do what I wanted to do because they sort of it is just my nature that if I enjoy something I will put like a thousand percent into it I was really lucky that my school's basically like really enabled that and so they pushed me so much in the subjects that I enjoyed and I was like I promise I'll get the outcomes in those but like I'm not putting my time or effort into the others um and all of my exam results very clearly stated that because they were so neurotic it would either be it was like half a stars half like use yeah Anyway, yeah, so I think I've always been really driven in, in that sense that as soon as there's something I really enjoy doing, I'll, I'll like put a, like so much into it. But in terms of career-wise, I was always obsessed with my career. Like, I was, I was always obsessed with it. I did my first internship when I was 14, and that was at Burberry for the summer. And so, and before that, I'd done so much, like, work experience in random different things. I sort of knew from the age of, like, 12 that I wanted, I was obsessed with the fact I wanted to be the creative director of Tatler, like so random. But basically I just like put my life and soul into knowing that one day I want to be something really special. And so I just sort of did, and I did so many internships and so much like work experience and sort of by my 18th birthday, I reckon I'd have had at least 10 jobs, probably four of which were in high fashion houses. So like there was always 
sort of like I always had to do something and I always knew that I wanted to do it in fashion I think I was just lucky in that sense like so I, I want to touch on a point you're saying about how you struggle struggle finding your work ethic initially and at school if it wasn't something you like and now there is something you're passionate about you can't almost stop working it's, it's very consuming the company what are some habits you do outside of working to keep you mentally sane and keep you productive I mean I don't stop working I mean I do actually I have stopped recently um but I feel really unproductive right now because I know that I've been like going out three times a week instead of like 24 7 working what are some things I do I have a dog she's called Shalila we go on walks all the time um it's a new thing in the office now that I'm like making everyone stop at sort of like lunchtime time and then we go to the park and take Lula to the park and just like sit still socialize all the time um and I think because all of my friends like live the student lifestyle like I have to I mean they'll listen to this and be like no that's just so not true you literally never go out but I do and just not as much in comparison yeah. to them if that makes sense sure. see I, I think that's pretty good that with you you know for someone like you that struggles to stop working and it's it's very consuming putting those restrictions on your life be it just a dog walk or anything that that seems to be very important and very consistent with people who are successful and happy so I, I wanted to ask a bit more about this idea of imposter syndrome you're going into an industry with all these incredibly talented and established brands and you know people that have been doing it far longer than you and you're starting a business by yourself how do you not get an imposter syndrome and how have you been dealing with it when you have felt like you're an imposter? Um, I think I've always been like genuinely quite confident. So my way of thinking about it is like if I'm in a circumstance, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like sometimes it's fucking awful in the sense that it's like where well, you're talking to people who know so much more than you know. But then you kind of have to look at it. Well, like did their brand get as successful as quickly as mine? No. So like even though I know way less than them, like I still... I'm up on them in that sense. Not that it's competition, but it, well, it kind of is. About the whole thing about you just being naturally confident, is is that natural or is, are there things that you did, you know, you, start, you said you started doing internships when you were younger. Do you think those were formative to your confidence and your ability? You know, how, what gives you this confidence? On TikTok and, like, talking on TikTok, it's embarrassing. And, like, I hate the fact that my friends have to see that. And, like, I don't know, like boys I fancied at school have to see that but then at the same time there's a market of 16 year olds that are literally like wow that's amazing I want to do that um and you kind of have to like that's so overpowering and also someone said this to me the other day everyone always wants the best for each other people are just going to be like wow that's so cool and if they're not like wow that's so cool then they don't actually care so Mm -hmm. you kind of don't need to worry about that but in the sense of when I'm in a situation in which I'm with loads of really successful people um, the way I think about it is it's like, well, I'm only in a room with them because I've clearly done something right. And so even if it's nowhere near what they've accomplished, I'm only two years down the line. And either we're in my position or look at it like, wow, I wish I was in that position. Um, and so I think that's how you kind of have to deal with it. But no, I'm definitely so much less confident than I used to be. Like when I was at school. Oh, really? That's yeah. interesting. Uh, you'd think it would be you'd think it would be opposite I don't know I mean I think so I don't love meeting new people as much as I did when I was younger like I used to love it when I was younger whereas now it's kind of like the awkward conversation of like like if I have a conversation with my friends friends Mm -hmm. that I haven't met before and I'm like 
oh, like, so what uni are you at and stuff? And then they turn around and they're like, have the conversation back. And then it's like, oh, I don't go to uni. And then they're like, well, what do you do then? And it's like, mm. oh, I started jewelry brand. Then it just starts like your flex, sounds like you're flexing, yeah. whereas it's like you're just sort of telling the truth. And I find that always quite awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're perceived as successful, be it the kids that tell you you or, you know, just the accomplishments your company's made. Um, but I think what's most important is your own idea of success and how you feel about it. Are the drivers for why you're doing what you're doing the same as they were before? Is your idea of success the same? Um, if I looked at myself now, when I started Bijou, I'd be like, what the fuck? That's incredible. But now... I just compare myself to this time last year and I'm like, well, we're at the same position we were last year. Why aren't you doing better than that? So, no, they're definitely not the same. But, like, I'd have no idea when I was... So, like, when I started it, for example, my thought was, oh, like, maybe I'll sell some earrings. And then, obviously, I sold lots of earrings. And then my thought was, okay, my my number one goal is to get into Urban Outfitters. Like, that's my end goal. After that, it's kind of like creating new goals. It's quite difficult. Like, I literally sat down yesterday and I was like, right, I need some more goals because every day is, like, just carrying on. Because, like, there's... Not in, like, a sort of, like, depressive way, but in the sense that it's, like, there's always stuff to do. But, like, I'm not actually striving to achieve something because the company just needs to keep running and it needs uh, to like and no build, one's holding grow. you to account it's, yeah it's exactly you. no one's holding me to account that's such a good way of putting it oh so yesterday i sat down and i wrote some goals because i was like i really need like things to strive for at this sense because i've almost achieved everything that i like was like set out to achieve the reason why this is interesting for me to do is that no one gets to where they want to, do, to be the same way like you know everyone has a different route that's everyone so has true. a different mindset and and yours is 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 very unique. I mean, for me, yeah, yeah that's true. I, I do history. You know, it's not. I just did it because I was kind of good at it at school. But it doesn't lead into a certain career path. It's not like you do history, so this is what you should do. You'll be a historian. Yeah, exactly. That's what everyone says. It's in the bio of this podcast. Um, with you, I want to ask you know about that whole accountability thing. Everyone struggles with it at university. You know, you, you don't have the teachers to hold you to account. You know, the parents told you to that's account. That's so true. It's, it's you that's motivating yourself. And whether it's in your own company or at university, you know, it's something you've got to do. And what are some, some tips that you, you know, things that, lessons you've learned along the way in holding yourself to account? That's so, that's such a funny, that's such an interesting way of putting it. So I definitely don't find it anywhere near as interesting as when I first found it. But that's just because this year has not been as, as like, amazing. Whereas it actually has, when you look at the stats, been the, the same, but the growth hasn't because it's been the same as last year. So it's like when you're striving to achieve something, it's like, well, what am I striving to achieve now? It's sort of like, like, what's the next thing? Because we've done that, and now how do I make it better? To-do lists. I cannot have... I can't start a day without a to-do list. I, like my to-do list is how I get through my day. Like I can't have a day without a to-do list. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 part of it's being motivated, but the other part of it is why you're doing what you're doing. As in, with with teachers or anyone, you don't really, you don't even question why you're doing it because it's like yeah, you're just told so to true. do it. Yeah, that's so true. You're it's, told to do it. it. It's an instruction, and you just do it. But you know, we at, after school, you you just lose that. And, and no, that's so true. People sort of can lose their their way with productivity because of that alone and 
I think productivity, you know, it's everything. It's everything to your success. You know, it doesn't have to be the same kind of productivity. A really productive day for you could be designing one piece of new jewelry, or it could be having this many new client relationships. But yeah. it's not always the same. So, but as long as you're being productive, that's what's important, right? So, what is it that is keeping you productive? What is it that's driving you? But I think I love it, and I know that I can't like let go of it because it's like, well, it's my life. It's my livelihood now, and also I've put myself in a position where I have a really nice lifestyle and so to lose that like the thought that that is on the line it's, it's like no mm-hmm. but it's like I boy, yeah I love it so I just like wouldn't let it yeah, like wouldn't let it go but at the same time there's been so many moments where it's like oh my god like how do I make it better so an age just hold what you're talented at and what you're not yeah and then your whole sort of early adult years is trying to figure out within the talents that you've been told what I can make a career of, but mm. then also trying not to dismiss the things you're not tied to that. And, like, for you, you're a good example where it's, like, you were told you're good at art, but you were never told you were good at the entrepreneurial stuff or anything. No. You, so you could have easily just gone... Like, to, I would have loved for someone to tell me to do business at school because it would have been so helpful now. Yeah, you sort of maybe started throwing yourself into the, I'm going to work for someone and provide yeah, them yeah, really yeah. good no, that was design or really good art or whatever it was going to be. But then, you know, what what was like the first moment you realised you could be an entrepreneur? You know, you, you would. What was the first thing you were confronted with that you overcame in your entrepreneurship journey? That I meant, mean, I'm not just a really yeah. good artist. I'm someone that could run a company. Well, I didn't think I was ever going to be an entrepreneur. Like, I really didn't think that until I'd started it, and then it took off. And then I was like, okay, like let's do this then. But I think I also never like I was always good at art but I was never like oh I'm gonna be an artist like no and I also always knew that I wanted to do fashion and I wanted to say that I went to Central St Martins and I like I did fashion design but at the same time I never wanted to be a fashion designer because like I was never actually like that interested in it even though at school it was where my like talent laid at the same time like I loved even just like at school I loved taking control of things like I always loved being like form captain and things like that and I think that's obviously a massive thing. Like, if you like taking control of, like, yourself, then you probably would be good at working for yourself. Like, okay, so your boy, your boyfriend's told you, start this company, you should do yeah. it. You've got these jewellery items that everyone would like to have, whether you're making them or not yet. Like, what's the first time you're like, oh, God, this is something I've got, I'm not used to. I'm like, this is not a stage in my career or the idea of how I thought things were going to go in my career. This is not what I was expecting, but I'm doing it now. And you, over, you obviously overcame it to get to where you are now. Like, what did my biggest concern when starting Bijou was how do I post a parcel? And everyone <laughs> finds that really funny, yeah. but it actually was. And like even now, shipping is our biggest problem because there's so many problems with shipping at the moment. But um, like that, that puts it into perspective. If that makes sense, like I was literally like, how the, how on earth do I start a company? First of all, yeah, build a website, whatever. But like, how do I post a parcel? Like, what happens when the order comes through and I have to post that parcel? Yeah. Like, I've always been creative, but, like, now I don't look at myself and I think, oh, I'm creative. I, like, do not look at that and think that at all. I think, like, I'm very business-minded, if that makes sense. Yeah. Whereas at school, like, I would, like, I was so obsessed with, like, I'm so arty. But actually, it's it's just everything, like, changes. You learn so much more stuff. Oh, and I would really say, in terms of, like how to find out what you want to do, literally do so much experience. Because like, what? even if you're like, oh, I want to get a job, but 
no one's accepting you for a job and you might go into a job that you hate go and just like do a week's work experience like you're 16 again at everywhere you might be interested in and like the way that you find out what you're interested in just be conscious of what makes you happy and what doesn't and then there'll always be some sort of career from that and obviously everyone's going to be there and they're going to be like, oh, I, I like want to make money. But like you can monetize off of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't necessarily have to start something, but you'll be able to. If you do work experience and do loads of different things, you can see how a company like, is run. For example, I always thought, yeah, I want to go into PR. Like, I didn't know what PR was. I just thought it sounded cool because it was like Devil Wears Prada vibes. Do you know what I mean? But... And then I did work experience in it, and then I was like, well, that is not what I wanted to do, and I had no idea that that's what it was. And I feel like my friends now are, like, going into that kind of thing, and then, but they don't actually know what they're going into. Experience route, you'll get an eye for what you want, and then you'll get loads on your CV, and then from there you can be like, right, these are jobs I'm going to apply for. But also there's so much stuff you can do to just see if you like things. Like, you can get Canva, see if you're good at graphics. Like, if you have a big Instagram account... Yeah, no, I can massively relate to what you're saying because even with something like this podcast yeah i would always have conversations with people about my career because i'm very interested in it i want to find out what i want to do but i would never record them and why would i not put it out and this isn't you know this is with no intention of getting a job but it will look good on my cv because i'm doing something different and you know it, it will be an interesting thing for someone to latch onto when they're reading your CV that doesn't just say, oh, you've done the internships, you've done yeah. this. Like, it's something that it doesn't, you know, you're, you're a founder now and you have to hire people you know, mm-hmm. that you'd probably find something that stands out and you're like, oh, what's this? I'm going to look into this. Something interesting to look at on the CV compared to no, the conventional I, route. That, that's so true. Like so many CVs I get look the same and like so many people have done like, they have like, they've done an internship here. They've done like a couple of internships. They did well in that. They did well at school. And then it's like, well, that's great. But like, I don't really care about that. Like, tell me about you. And then I stalk them on Instagram. And I always do this, like... And then I stalk them on TikTok and I stalk them on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And, like, they have to have both. Because if they don't have both, then they're, like, not the BG clientele. When, in the most recent job I posted for, I, like, sort of... I've got it wrong hiring people quite a few times. And so I was, like, I know I really specifically want someone that can do all of these different things. And when people... This is just, like, a top tip. But when people put... If they've got skills, instead of like listing your skills, put the app, like cover photo, like the logo mm-hmm. of the app. Because I then look at that and I'm like, oh, those are all the apps that I use and I don't want to use. Like as in like I want someone else to do them. And it's like, well, I can do these. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, 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 definitely. And also making a CV visual is so important. Yeah. Um, like making sure your CV looks good. Um, but also another thing you can do, which is completely free, is just find out like if you're good at everything nowadays is going to be like is going to have something to do with online mm-hmm. so like make sure you're good at computers you don't need to be like good at excel you don't need to be like an excel whiz but like if you're doing something creative dabble with graphics like play with canva and like the graphics apps and that's something or like even now you're about to go off and like edit this you could be a radio producer <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah, yeah. like everything interlinks into each other just to latch on something you were saying there, I think in terms of diversifying your CV, and this, this is something that I can relate to as well, it's like, you know, you might know things that you're good at, but you don't think they can translate into anything that an employer would want or would be beneficial to your career. But if you just think about 
everything you like doing and you're good at and you sort of just research anything that could materialise into something you could put on your CV. I think that is what I've learned from just speaking to people. That's massively beneficial because you're meant to try and paint who you are before they actually meet you. And if all you've got is the internships you thought you were meant to do, then it would display nothing. But I know what's something that stood out on somebody's CV that you've hired recently? ask your friends what they think about you because they I can assure you can turn traits into like good things that would be interesting for an employer whereas like maybe don't ask your parents because they don't like obviously your parents know you well but they don't know you in the sort of sense that Mm -hmm. it's like they spend every day with you and like I think think that's a really helpful and useful point to anyone in in any industry and uh, yeah I just want to thank you for coming on today